Gwyneth Paltrow gets a haircut, Simpsons hit 200, and Grand Theft Auto breaks everything. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome pop culture fiends, geeks. Cinephiles, this is 302010. This, this is 302010, the internet's weekly time machine back in time to the week that was 30, 20, and 10 years ago. This week we will be looking at uh, April 20th through the 26th in 1988, 1998, and 2008. Where were you? We're going to tell you what we were up to. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm the version of Diana Goodman that caught the subway to get here. But there's another version of Diana Goodman who didn't get here and is going to get hit by a bus. This is so good. I have, I have not seen this movie, but it's one of the few <laughs> movies that has managed to become a verb, and we will talk about it in just a little bit, including a little product that decimates every single record of entertainment ever. <laughs> we got all that and more, so stay tuned, people. Getting started, April 20th through the 26th, 1988. We are now in the 80s, people. Yep. Let's set the scene with a little bit of news. Fluff your hair up real big. That's right. Like Get some acid and wash that denim. Uh, so, and grab yourself a uh, grab yourself a dictionary, and grab yourself an encyclopedia, and maybe look up Tandy. Ah. The computer company Tandy has announced that it's developed the first ever compact discs. Diana, these were CDs, <gasps> and you could put media on them. What? Right. Uh, but they have announced they have announced they have created one that can be recorded and erased at home. What? And they didn't have the verb burn yet, apparently, because it's like. No one ever says I'm recording a CD. No. So we had some music CDs out at this point, right. but they're very rare. Like no one, it's not really a thing. In the US at least, right. not really a thing. But the idea of like, wait, computers can use these? Yeah. And that you could erase something and make put put your own shit on there? You mean you can put something on a, this disc that's not the Fine Young Cannibals? <laughs> I'm astounded. I'm astounded. What? But I that... mean, I could put a bunch of images on there and it'll take them like 20 seconds to load <laughs> and Instead of like a minute and a half. Wow, 56 megabytes. Yep. This is amazing. I believe Tandy was the in-store brand of Radio Shack. Was it? I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it started that way or if it became that way, but mm. it was like a joke of a computer. Well, letting you know we are definitely in 1988 as well, Beetlejuice is number one at the box office Yay. as we move into movies. And there are way too many movies to mention this week. I don't know what the hell is going on, but at this period of time, there are a ton of movies in the 80s and none of them are interesting. It, and it feels, it feels like... Like Roger Corman was cleaning out his garage and like, oh, here, have God. 10 of these. Uh, but a, a Time of Destiny with William Hurt, Timothy Hunt, and Melissa Leo, I, I only vaguely know about this movie, Casual Sex? Casual Sex? Because it has a question mark in it uh, with Leah Thompson, Victoria Jackson, and Andrew Dice Clay. Um, Obviously people you want to see having sex. This is weird because it's it's like a, you know it's a fun movie for like girls trying to find love and romance and sex and with the dice and it's like, oh. i believe it's written and directed by a woman which is fun but they like go to a resort to meet men because like they're afraid of aids I almost did oh, a fucking spit take. Almost what? did a spit take. Like he's drinking. I, I feel like that's part of the thing is like that they don't. They're worried about casual sex because they don't want to get diseases. But somehow it's okay if you're at this resort because like what there's a finer quality of people. It's like yeah, no, they all have HPV. <laughs> and if you don't have it, get it. It's like what? I, are the, are, do condoms not exist in this universe? All right, just. <laughs> What Victoria Jackson? Come on! Yeah, come on, Victoria Jackson. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Lady in White, Lucas Haas, and somebody else I've never heard of. Uh, it's a spooky thriller, spookiness. And I do recommend it. It doesn't play well in audio, so I didn't grab it. Uh-huh. I've never heard of this movie. Permanent record. I watched this in school. It's it's fucking harsh. It's it, it, yes. It has a harsh description in like the trailers. It's heavy as shit. The coolest kid in town. It's got everything going for him. Coach loves him. Principal loves him. Mom loves him. Mm-hmm. Every, he's Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Uh, throws a big raging party with his buddy Keanu Reeves. Yep. Uh, and then kills himself at the party. Yep. Throws himself off a cliff. Throws himself off a cliff. And uh, everybody, it's like, it's what would happen if Ferris Bueller committed suicide and we just focused on everyone around him. Right. Uh, that's what this movie sounds like. But you've actually seen it. I actually saw it in high school in uh, my psychology class. We had a mini psychology class that you could take. And it was 
I mean, very serious, mm-hmm. um, you know, I appreciate. And they like, there's a lot of speculation in the movie. It's like, well, maybe he just got drunk and fell off the cliff. But a note shows up or something like that, right? Well, no, Keanu realizes he didn't scream. Mm. It's like, if he fell, he would have screamed going down, but he didn't scream. Oh, there's got to be a good reaction meme at, in that no. face. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, he died. And then everyone's really sad. And then they like come together. Maybe there's a group hug or something. But it's like a more serious look at teen suicide than like a TV movie. It's a bit above a TV movie. Yeah. I'll give it that one. Yeah. But it's still like, eh. And I just love it because the trailer just surprised the shit out of me. I'm like, did not expect that. (laughs) Uh, And it's very somber and very classy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, you know, they they did a nice job. We also have Stormy Monday with Tommy Lee Jones, Melanie Griffith, Sting, and Sean Bean. I believe this is Mike Figgis' first film. Who that D? Uh, leaving Las Vegas. Oh. So, it's probably going to be a major fucking bummer. Not a thriller. Like, most of these are thrillers. Yeah. Sexy thrillers. But, um, yeah, Mike Vegas is an interesting guy. And he's, like, maybe the saddest man in the world. <laughs> I don't know. Like, leaving Las Vegas I will is challenge that. maybe the saddest movie ever. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, The Blue Iguana. Dylan McDermott in a movie called The Blue Iguana. Can't talk about it. No. Uh, Two Moon Junction. Sherry Finn, oh. Richard Tyson, uh, Kristen McNichol, and Louis, Louise Fletcher. This this was sort of a... This was a Cinemax classic. Really? This one. Well, because it's directed by Zalman King, who's the creator of Red Shoe Diaries. Oh. So it's about twisty, turny sect. There's some sexual awakening, and there's a mm. carnival, and mm. then there's some fucking some carnies, and Sherilyn Finn gets her boobs out, and... <laughs> Yeah, it's. I don't think it's necessarily a thriller. I guess technically it's a thriller. Well, I don't know. I just know that it was very famous amongst guys in my junior high school. So I chose to look into this movie I'd never heard of. Uh-huh. World Gone Wild with Bruce Dern, Catherine Mary Stewart, and a Michael uh, Patty. Yep. Uh, this, I think if you were to tell like a 10-year-old, like, this is an 80s movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it. That's what the 80s is. Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> Everybody's wearing uh, like silver spray-painted cardboard. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, pyrotechnics going off. It looks ridiculous. Welcome to the 21st century. Yay. To a bad case of future shock. A taste of frenzy fever. It's hell on earth. It's a world gone wild. This looks awesome. It looks like a very cheap streets on fire. It looks like the Eagles one. What are you talking about? No. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen Baghdad Cafe? I haven't, but this actually has a very good reputation. Yeah, I, I know. I've and heard I should it. say, because we're blowing through these so fast, because right. we haven't really watched any of them, if if any of these like suddenly jumps oh, up, please, yeah. please put it in the comments this... and tell us more about these, that we just do not have enough time to like really research and watch like 12 movies. Yeah, and this is like a foreign movie. It's a German a, movie. A German movie with a primarily American cast, uh, right. Jack Jack Palance and yeah. Cheech Pounder, C.C. Pounder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, about a German tourist that arrives in this weird... Right. He sort of gets stuck at this cafe in the middle of the desert. Yeah. After, a, like, she fights with her boyfriend or something, she gets left there, and then she, like, gets a job, I think. And... She meets her first black person, according to the trailer. <laughs> Brenda has never had an easy life. Somebody's got to run things around here. A normal family. He's got a man like a sieve. Sometimes I wonder how he remembers to come home. Or a man she could depend on. You're such a child. I'm leaving. Good riddance. You know, I ain't gonna cry over you. Yasmin has never seen the desert. A truck stop. Or a black person in her life. Yeah, this looks uh. wonderfully surreal. Yeah. Yeah, this, is, this, this really caught my eye. This and World Gone Wild... This briefly had a TV show. That's right. That's right. With Whoopi Goldberg, I want to say. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a good idea for a TV show. And uh, I don't know. The writing wasn't there. Just no one cared. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I think this is one I will go check out. And uh, I, I feel bad I didn't. Get you're the not going to check out White Mischief. <laughs> I kind of. I kind of do. You can technically call any '80s movie that that wasn't directed by Spike Lee. <laughs> Um, could, no, Spike Lee movies could still be called White Mischief. I guess so, yeah. There's usually one white guy in there. It's probably John, John Turturro. Yeah. yeah, fuck that guy. Um, white Mischief sounds interesting. And it's like kind of a prestige Britishy movie about... It's like based on the true story of this uh, white dude getting murdered in Africa in like the 30s or 40s. Do not murder white people. And But it's like probably another white guy did it. Um, so it's like a colonial kind of thing, but it's got Trevor Howard in it, which I forgot he was still alive because he mostly made movies in like the thirties and forties and he was a fucking great actor. Wow. And it's got Charles Dance, Chuck D. I always like him. And, uh, and John Hurt. It's just so bizarre that the next movie, 
of all of them, <laughs> this is the one most people have probably seen. Ten years ago, a motion picture became the most notorious cult movie of all time. Predictably, the French called it a masterpiece. <laughs> the name of this legend of cinema. The Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It was so stupid, so cheap, such a piece of steaming dog flop. You think it would have attracted horse flies. Never an audience. Now, get ready to sit on your intelligence once again. They made the sequel, The Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Guess what? It's a lot better. It had to be, as you remember. <laughs> this is the greatest trailer of all time. The thing says New York, and there's a shot of Alcatraz in a cable car. Right. And you can just see the wheels underneath the giant tomato, and they're so busy being awesome. They're not even telling you that this stars. This is like George Clooney's first starring role <laughs> yeah. in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Yep, George but, Clooney and John Aston together at last. And, just, and I think one of the most bizarre things to spawn a pretty decent kids' cartoon show. Mm. Yeah, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It launched with the Fox Network, but based on a Roger Corman movie, I think there are two or three of them in this batch. I don't know. It feels it feels ahead of its time. Whenever I think of Killer Tomatoes, I don't hear anybody talk about Attack of the Killer yeah, Tomatoes anymore. Like, let's. I mean, it's let's make a dumb movie, but it's also a parody of dumb movies. Right. It just because yeah. it looks like it's you could you could watch it now and convince it like well this is just a dumb eighties movie. I'm like no, this was an amped up to a billion dumb eighties movie on purpose. It, yeah. All of this is is intentional. Can we call it the Sharknado of its time? Well, I guess. I, yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah. it was also a really fun kids movie. I remember I I wasn't really allowed to watch horror films, but mm. like my dad relished in relish in t- tomatoes in <laughs> uh, things like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He mm. thought those were just brilliant, and I agree. <laughs> uh, but moving out of the movies, we got a bunch of crap to talk about uh, that you're not going to care about. Okay. <laughs> this is this is the '80s, and shows are winding down. Uh, there's we are smack dab in the monoculture. There's three channels essentially yeah. to watch every single night. Not a lot going on on cable. Uh, but we do have the first Kids Choice Awards. Um, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop Two one Kids favorite movie. Wow, they really love that bronze that Gilbert Godfrey scene. That's an R rated movie. <laughs> I think Oops. there's there's no there's no more proof that this is a much smaller world yeah. than that movie winning best kids movie. Um, but that happened on April twenty first. There's a TV movie, The Red Spider. A police lieutenant investigates a bizarre murder of a policeman who picked up a woman in, in a club, then died with a spider engraved in his belly. Oh, no. I watched a little bit. Not very interesting. Uh, didn't learn anything about this, but I'm dying to read the title. Also on April 21st, an L.A. Law episode entitled Open Heart Perjury. <laughs> <laughs> Open Heart Perjury at nine. Um, and I, I feel like L.A. Law is a show I need to go back through just looking for guest stars. Right. Like I've done that for Murder, She Wrote, um, which we'll, you know, we'll get to some here and there. Hopefully. Um just for the good combinations of guest stars. But L.A. Law was a huge hit at this time. You're right. I think it was one of the highest rated things on yeah, network it was television. In a, I want to say we're at the end of the first season mm-hmm. or around the second season. And it was a massive, massive hit. Because um, it's, you know, sexy lawyers doing sexy lawyer stuff. Right. Made Corbin Burns in a star. Yes. Yeah, so I, I got I to gotta see where the guest stars are. I know there's a bunch of people like before they were famous. I've always wanted to like just compile you know, all that plaintiffs. kind of stuff. I yeah. love watching old shows and just all the people who end up popping up before they're yeah. anybody. And you're like, wait a minute, was that waiter Tim Robbins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even get a lot. Like, oh, he's going to be the bad guy at the end. It'll turn out to be him. No, he was no. just a waiter. No. <laughs> and, uh, but with uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lose Beverly Hill, Beverly Hills Bunts. <laughs> this that was it a uh, Hill Street Blues spinoff, right? Starring Dennis Dennis Franz, Dennis Franz yeah. and that's his name is Bunts. It's not re- regarding his fupa, right? Because a bunt is also the worst title, really ever. bad title. Beverly Hills Bunts. Um, but also, and I'd never really heard of this, but mm-hmm. China Beach debuts. Oh, that was it. Was another big hit. Was it? Yeah, China Beach is about. It's a Vietnam set drama about nurses. Right, a hospital drama set in Vietnam during, Vietnam. during, the, during the Vietnam War, uh, and it hung in there. It was critics loved it. Yep. Nobody watched it, and mm-hmm. uh, ABC hung with it for a long time. And the the interesting bit of trivia about it is ABC. It was so low rated they pulled the season. They pulled the last season, put it on hiatus, and like, well, Burton was low rated just because I heard about it so much. I think maybe just because critics liked it. It was back in the day when critics were talking about it. Like, you got to see this show. And um, it took the show off the air for a year. And then Dana Delaney ended up winning an Emmy almost two years after she shot 
that episode <laughs> oh, because it, they delayed it for that long. But uh, that 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 debuts on the 26th, and also on the 26th we have another notable debut. Let me hear that theme song. The show is called Just the Ten of Us, and it's exactly what you think it is. And the theme song barely relates to the situation. Uh, it is a spinoff of mm. Growing Pains. Right. I guess the coach was such a popular character, they threw him into a house with uh, ten children. Clearly Catholic. Like mostly women. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also featured uh, Heather Langenkamp, yeah. Nancy from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Quick plug for an Elm Street nightmare. Um, but that is it for television. Uh, as always, I try my I struggle to find game information, mm. but I can speculate around this time, and I'm give me like 60 days of wiggle room. Uh, the final Nintendo Fun, Fun Club newsletter has circulated. Oh. It is a bi-monthly newsletter that Nintendo would update its fans on its games and eh, propaganda. Uh, mm-hmm. But that would eventually become Nintendo Power. Ah. Uh, Nintendo Power, a which magazine is magazine you paid for, right? Ah. That you paid a lot for that was officially run by Nintendo where everything was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know why. It's kind of one of my favorite things to ever exist. I read every single issue over and over again. It had a beautiful layout. And I was absolutely honored on the 20th anniversary before it shuttered. I got to write for Nintendo Power. It was just so Aww. cool. So cool. Uh, but yes, and Nintendo Power is on the way. Let's talk about some music before we close out 1988. We got new releases. Wow, Soul Asylum's major label debut? Yeah, that's how far back they go, it, man. Hang time. It took them that long to get a hit on the radio? Yeah. Wow. They, yeah, it took them uh, probably five. I just associate them with grunge, years? but here they are in yeah. 88. Yeah. Uh, we also have the Xenon Code by Hawkind and Guitar. Hawkwind. 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 It's like their 12th album. <laughs> Hawkwind has been going for so freaking long. Yeah. I don't know a single person who's a fan of Hawkwind. Me neither. I've never heard their name before this recording. It's uh, a great name. I've heard of Frank Zappa. Yep. And he's. Uh, I think he's probably putting out an album every other week. Mm-hmm. And this would be Guitar. The album Guitar. Yep. Keep it simple, Frank. Uh, but Get Out of My Dreams and Get Into My Car is still number one because this is the 80s. Uh, but on number two on the charts, In Excess's Devil Inside. Don't read anything into it because of Michael Hutchins' death. But we will be back in 1998. Devil inside, devil inside. Every single one of us, the devil inside. Devil inside, devil inside. Every single one of us, the devil inside. Coming in with Romeo and Juliet by uh, Silky Fine and uh, featuring Chill. It's on the charts this week, and I have never heard this song before. I didn't know there was a 90s song. I never it's heard. It's like a slow jam that's aggressive. I kind of mm. like it. But as you as that probably can tell you, we are in the 1998 portion of 302010. April 20th through the 26th, we got new music, uh, some releases by Faith Hill, called Faith. Uh, Maya and Soulfly's self-titled debuts um, are out this week. Walking into Clarksdale by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And You and You Alone by Randy Travis. As always, <laughs> Casey and JoJo's All My Life will be number one for a while. Well, it's prom season. Right. Perfect time. Um, and I have a little bit of news. Disney Animal Kingdom. Disney's Animal Kingdom opens up this week. The fourth mm. park in the Disney World Resort. I don't need to tell you because in the TV section, ABC is going to tell you a lot oh. that Animal Kingdom is oh, opening. No. It's it, In a way that I almost think... Is this legal? But, uh, okay. <laughs> Infotainment? Yes, we will get there. Uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom opens. I've still never been in my home state of Florida. But movies this week. We have music from Another Room with Jude Law, Jennifer Tilly, Gretchen Mull, and Martha Plimpton. Uh, so like an indie dramedy? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Question mark. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I feel like Jude Law gets a job with his family. <laughs> and You're not pitching it well. I'm not pitching Jude it Law well. Jude Law gets a job. <laughs> there was so much to go over. I've forgotten right. everything. Right, but it, I, I love. I'm sorry. Someone in the comments tell me about how it's the best movie ever. And well, I'm we an could asshole. maybe talk a, a little little classicy on the next release because, mm-hmm. like, this is 
I would say the 14th consecutive attempt to make a Tarzan movie that fails spectacularly. Yes. Uh, Tarzan and the Lost City uh, featuring Jane March and the... Uh, I wanted more than anything else than Casper Van Diem to be a big star, but it wasn't to be. And this is his post first part, post-Starship Trooper starring role as Tarzan. Or you may know him as... He is John Clayton, the Earl of Greystoke. I'm Nigel Ravens, scholar and explorer. I shall uncover the ruins of the world's oldest civilization. That guy. Here. Opa is a sacred temple, and I will do everything in my power to help them. So, what, I don't... What accent is that? No idea. Okay. No idea. I don't know what it is with Hollywood that wants to make a Tarzan movie every five years. No one's asking for it, no. unless Disney is marketing the shit out of it. No one cares it, it happens every five years mm-hmm. on a public domain story yeah. and i and i always disappear into reading about it because like again i'm from a small town in florida uh and all the old tarzan movies were filmed in and around there mm-hmm. uh, like, like the johnny weissmiller ones or um, the elmo lincoln ones going way back i have I, I barely know what you're talking about but i yeah they extended from silence into talkies oh, yeah. and a bunch of other people took them over some of the actors crossed directors and periods mm-hmm. uh but i do know they left a bunch of their animals there because oh. there was no rules and there are a bunch of inbred monkeys somewhere in central florida yeah. that you want to stay away from Jesus. Uh, it's it's yeah it's pretty awesome in the silver springs area as well as wakulla springs area so when, when it was weird growing up every time you like the new, the local news would always be like, and it's Tarzan's anniversary. It made me feel like Tarzan was a much bigger deal. Mm. But those movies weren't shown on television. Like it, no. he has Tarzan himself has name recognition, but like almost none of his movies beyond Disney's do. Graystroke, anybody? Oh, anybody? No. no, no, not the Christopher Lambert one. It was too scary. Yeah, My parents took me to see it, thinking Tarzan, kids love it, and yeah. it's like the gritty reboot with like blood and murder, and like I freaked out because I was I don't know, like I'm four or something. I'm really interested. It's all grimy and mean, and I got scared half to death, and they had to take me out. I, Diana, would you like to hear some wonderful, wonderful 90s trailer music? Always. For, I believe, the movie you're probably most excited to talk about. Yes. Gwyneth Paltrow and John Hanna in Sliding Doors. Have you ever wondered <laughs> what might have been? <laughs> would things be different if you caught the train instead of missing it? How much would your life change if you were 10 minutes early? No! And find your husband cheating on you. Yeah. Uh, but Sliding Doors. It's a movie I haven't seen, but like, it's. I love that it's now a cultural reference to where it's shorthand for yeah. what if this thing, this minor thing had been done differently, butterfly mm-hmm. effecty, and how yeah. would it have changed my life? People say, yeah, like, uh, that was my Sliding Doors moment. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's yeah. based on, like, her n- missing or catching the subway. Yeah. I think it's it's a cleverly done movie because, yes, there's, you know, a version where she she catches a train. She uh, gets home in time to find her boyfriend cheating on her. Mm. Uh, she moves out. And one smart thing they do is she gets a different haircut. Because they're simultaneously jumping back and forth between the two scenarios. Because they're going back and forth between the two scenarios. The mm. other one where she doesn't catch him and then, like, she gets a shittier job and things start, like, really not going her way. And then there's the version where things start going her way. She starts her own business. And, and you can tell which reality you're in based on how she looks. And that's, like, that's a that's a smart thing to do because right. otherwise it would be a little bit confusing. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit nostalgic for it because, like, it's filmed in London, like, right around the time that I was mm. in England. So, like, everything looks the way I remember it. Um, and I, like, I know that tube station. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's got John Hanna, who hasn't done too much. Like, he's in The Mummy, and he's in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh, I think the biggest stretch for believability is that uh, he basically picks up Gwyneth Paltrow by quoting Monty Python at her. Oh, ladies love that stuff. Which has only worked on me, and has never <laughs> worked on anyone else. Well, True I, fact. I... Remember when we worked for Brits and like we were asking about Monty Python because somebody made a Monty Python reference and mm-hmm. it's like oh in England that's some like real deep nerd shit I know like <laughs> Americans are obsessed with it but like it's hella culty and kind of symbolic of a, a slobbering nerd who quotes Monty <laughs> Python so yeah, no I don't I think that is here you is it yeah I don't know I thought it, I always thought it was cool no yeah I mean all all the people that you think are funny have mm-hmm. been influenced by Bonnie right. Python but people who are really into Monty Python generally are giant nerds <laughs> and I I completely include myself in that I got that big ass box set, so that I, that I don't know how we got ta- started talking about this but I love it that mm. 145 what like 30 DVDs yeah. long full case of Monty why the fuck did they sell it like that I never got to see the show 
<sighs> or like I got to when Comedy Central aired it, I did, but never mm-hmm. got to see the full show because there was no affordable box set. No, so I just no. I watched the movies over and over. No, you think they would do it like a couple discs at a time? Like yeah, three discs set here. This is like set two there. episodes on each disc. It's it, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, they go long, and then I mean they always had trouble running them in the U.S. because they're thirty minutes, no commercials. So if you add mm. commercials, they all go to about forty-five, and that's why it was fun. A lot of people picked them up on PBS because right. PBS could just run them late at night and no ads. Cool. Yeah. But uh, sliding doors. <laughs> anyway, sliding doors. Uh, I think it's uh, yeah. I think if you like sort of romantic comedies, and I don't, but I I really like this one. Cool. Because it's got uh, an interesting conceit and it goes totally. in interesting places. Uh, I was here in the theater day one for the number one movie at the box office. Yeah. Uh, the big hit, marketed as if John Woo made it, because John Woo was like pretty big at this point. Right. But it was uh, somebody he worked with, a Hong Kong director named Chi uh, Kirk Wong, making his U.S. debut as a director. Uh, here's a little bit from the trailer. Push. Knock Let's work. From the team that brought you Broken Arrow and Face Off. Blowing up, falling down. The big hit. Pam? Yeah? Were you going to break up with me? Uh, yeah. So, wah, like, wah. it's... I never thought this would be, like, some of the most dated material from the late 90s. Yeah. But, like, this post-Tarantino obsession with funny hitmen. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's just so unappealing now. <laughs> it is so fucking unappealing. And it, and, it, and I remember we walked to the theater, like, I didn't hate that, but I'm done with whatever genre this is. Mm. Like, just this ridiculous gunplay. Because you want this movie to be more ridiculous than it is. And it's still stupidly grounded oh. in people trying to be charming. Like, LDP, Lou Diamond Phillips, Mark Wahlberg, yeah. um, and Christina Applegate. But I, yeah, I did. I remember. So I, are we moving? I guess this is where Mark Wahlberg is starting to move an action right. star. Right. I mean, we had Boogie Nights. We had Boogie Nights. That's the last time anyone saw him. No, I think. And this... everyone was like, "Oh shit, that guy can act, kinda." And then, wasn't yeah, this fu- is this is a f- good way for him to go. Wasn't that fucking to get nuts? Money. You can't even remember back when, like, the Funky Bunch guy. <laughs> but yeah, he made one indie movie. Who the fuck is Mark Wahlberg? And this was kind of his like, no, here's a big Hollywood film, and it opens at number one, and he's the main character so like yeah the funky bunch guy looks like he's coming up yeah. and here we are like i almost forget that he was he has a past as a, a silly rapper um <laughs> uh, but mark Wahlberg, let, let us know what you think uh 302010.net uh moving to television of this week uh Uh-oh. it's really boring but happy 420 mm. um happy 420 kelly kelly debuts on the wb what is uh, that kelly novak is an ivy league english liter- literature professor who meets widowed fire chief doug kelly the two get married, uh-huh. becoming Kelly Kelly. It stars Shelley Long and Robert Hayes. Oh. And because uh, its SEO has been totally taken over by a WWE diva, so I didn't bother looking into it anymore. You know you're not legally obligated to change your name. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. But then you can sign your name like Kelly Squared. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Uh, but also, April 21st, Frasier's Gotta Have It. You know I had to look into this episode. <laughs> Frasier is banging a super hot uh, artist chick played by Lisa Edelstein, but they have nothing in common. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. I don't know if it's this specific episode or if it's a different episode where, yeah, things are going great, but, you know, she also, like, she's he, like, goes to visit her and, and he's, like, thinking, she's wearing tie-dye. <laughs> and he, she's looking at him and like, is that like the third pair of brown shoes I've seen him wear? <laughs> and it's, yeah. Frazier, just come out. <laughs> no, I just, it was always astounding watching that show. Like, man, Frazier gets a ton of trim. Mm-hmm. Is this really possible? Kelsey Grammer, really? Oh, really? Well, yeah, I guess. So there's a certain kind of. So he's a local that, celebrity. That, um, that's true. He's a local celebrity. Psychiatrist, so he's a good listener. He's a smart guy who runs in fancy people circles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even more, way more notable for me. Uh-oh. On April 23rd. It's never good. <laughs> the, it, it, this is great. The Seinfeld episode, The Frogger, uh, uh, airs on NBC. Jerry, I'm buying the Frogger machine. Now the torch will burn forever. Hey, how are you going to keep the machine plugged in while you move it? What? Once you unplug the machine, all the scores will be erased. I can- <laughs> so, I, I love this because I was watching it as it aired. Mm. And for me, as a giant video game dork who used to work exclusively in games, this was the most mainstream, hella specific <laughs> video game reference I had ever seen in popular culture. George wants to buy the Frogger machine to preserve his high score, needs <laughs> to keep it plugged in while he's doing it. He finds a way. And at the end, in a beautiful moment, he has to push the arcade cabinet Frogger style across a busy street <laughs> and it gets obliterated. But like, 
just so rewarding. I think one of the, for me, this, I, it may not be for everybody. For me, this is one of the most memorable episodes of Seinfeld, for real. Hmm. Seriously, because we used to do a, a podcast about video games where we would struggle to find video games referenced in popular culture because until about 08, it wasn't happening. Hmm. They would just make up Brain Splatter or Blood Guts, the game. and like. <laughs> but Seinfeld was super specific. They trusted the world. To understand a Frogger reference, and it was super important to a dumb game nerd like me. And I'm going to need your help on this because I, right. I can't, I can't care that much about it. The television movie Dallas War of the Ewings, 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 uh, the final TV movie for Dallas, yeah, uh, airing more than twenty, about twenty years from the premiere of the first episode. Wow! And I think that would have been significant had they not. They rebooted Dallas for a little bit, right? Yeah, on yeah, TNT. Mm-hmm. Picked up the same characters in the same storyline again. So yep. t- it's. I think it only is technically now over. Yeah. Well, Dallas, I mean, the early 80s, mm-hmm. early to mid 80s, were huge for nighttime soaps. Mm. You got your Dallas, your Dynasty, your Falcon's Crest. All shit is like just no idea what yeah. it is. No idea. It's, it's a late night soap, which means it's a drama, but it's like a turned up to 11 drama. Mm-hmm. Full of a bunch of like fancy rich people always betraying each other and screwing each other's husbands and <laughs> and now I've bought all the stock and you work for me now. <laughs> yeah, you have to have huge shoulder pads when you barge into a biz- uh, boardroom so you can tell people that you know it's like Mwahaha. yes, and this is payback for the time that you ruined micro game match. Whatever. I, I only know Dallas through parodies. Yeah. Like it was for Who Shot Mr. Burns. I wouldn't even know what Who Shot Jr. was referencing. Yeah. So Dallas was you know probably the biggest of the bunch and you know it's all about these families fighting over their oil company and you know it's a pretty smart thing to do that uh, after it's over yeah do some tv movies out of it where it's like you don't have the pressure of having to do like a whole 20 episode season of these hour-long twisty turny things you can do like a two three hour movie you know i'm sort of surprised and they did a bunch of those giving its legacy that it didn't have more than two but i guess it's probably played itself out with the zeitgeist we're probably done with it we're probably done with dallas yeah but they keep they keep trying to reboot stuff i mean they've they've rebooted dallas they're rebooting dynasty and they're rebooting the next show we're talking about on uh april 24th sabrina the teenage witch all right um airs on abc listen to this out of nowhere shill Hey, buy a candy bar to help with the janitor's hip replacement? Aren't you trespassing on government property? No, I'm here to inform you that you can expect a very big witch exam sometime soon. It doesn't involve changing the Earth's orbit, does it? Because the last time I tried that, a little thing called El Nino happened. I can't tell you when, but I can tell you where. Oh boy, I don't know why they can't just accept the misery that should be their lives. (laughs) Class trip to Florida! We're going to Disney World! How dare you do that to Martin Mull? In, in the first minute of the show, it's just like, I'm tricking the principal and taking us all to Animal Kingdom. Oh, uh, which has just... Which has how about that? Been open for two days. Synergy. And they already have a Sabrina the Teenage Witch episode set in Animal Kingdom. You sick bastards. If that weren't enough for Disney, on April 26th, the wonderful world of Disney also airs The Animal Kingdom, The First Adventure, a full-length fucking infomercial in uh, prime time for trust me i love this disney garbage all of it from uh, from back in the 50s to right now i still don't understand how exactly this is legal why <laughs> how come when disney bought abc every sitcom including the connors got an all expenses paid trip to a disney resort which is not cheap not cheap at all uh but sabrina i'm, I'm disappointed i thought you had more integrity than that um but on to april 25th uh Sam and Max, Freelance Police, uh, completes itself. Um, and But in more notable TV news, on April 26th, Simpsons, Trash of the Titans airs. It's mm-hmm. 200th episode. Whoa. Do you remember this episode? Which I? is this one? This is the episode with guest starring U2. It oh, is also guest okay. starring, which was really exciting to me at the time, because I don't feel like I ever saw him guest star in anything that was a talk show. Yeah. Steve Martin. Like, Steve Martin, who I grew up, was one of the most important comedy people ever to me. Wow. And after... And I thought it was just, I was so excited to have him as the guest star on my favorite show on the 200th episode. Um, Trash the Titans. Mm. It's where Homer runs for garbage manager. Mm. And I believe the show ends by moving the town of Springfield five miles over (laughs) because it's so overrun with trash. But uh, this clip, I just, I knew it. I knew I had to go back and rewatch it. It is really depressing given the current state of politics. Mm. This is Homer running against a uh, very, a very qualified candidate for City garbage management. Come on, people. This man has promised round-the-clock trash pickup. That's impossible. Not if we hire more men. 
and my men will do all your messy jobs. They'll wash your car, scrub your shower, air out your stinkables. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Well, then you better turn up your hearing aid, Pops. Pops? I'm only two years older than you. Do we want old man Patterson here with his finger on the button? What button? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? What, 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 what button? Where am I? Who took my false teeth? <laughs> All right, fine. If you want an experienced public servant, vote for me. But if you want to believe a bunch of crazy promises about garbage men cleaning your gutters and waxing your car, then by all means, vote for this sleazy lunatic. It wouldn't have read more depressing if Homer said, and we're going to make Shelbyville pay for it. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> uh. Yeah, sorry about Crooked that. Crooked Steve Martin doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> You're the puppet. Yeah. I'm not a puppet. You're a puppet. Oh, this is... Uh, sorry for that depressing nature. That they're... was so overpoweringly depressing. Right? right and the music even came in to like, oh, oh God, they're going to do it, too. They're going to oh. vote for Homer. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, of course, he fucks it up completely. No. Um, yeah, I know. Does he say anything about North Korea while he's fucking <laughs> it up? Yeah. Uh, Little Rocket Man. <laughs> uh, sorry. Cheer up, cheer up, Diana. There's no games to talk about. Wait, maybe we're in the Sliding Doors version where where Trump won, and there's a different one with a, we have different haircuts that's that, living where Hillary won, and I, maybe they're doing better than us. Then please contact me because that does not make me any happier. If there's there's <laughs> there's some version of me that's really happy in 2018. Please get in touch. Uh, but let's go out with the kiss by Faith Hill. Um, and we yeah. will see you guys. This was a huge hit. Yeah. And we will see you folks in uh, 2008. Stay there. It's the way you love me. It's a feeling like this. It's centrifugal motion. It's perpetual bliss. It's that pivotal moment. It's uh, impossible. This kiss. This kiss. Unstoppable. This is Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 20th through 26th, eh, there's a couple things we can talk about. Um, I guess we can go, uh, it's the 80th anniversary. April 22nd, 1938 is the 80th anniversary of Test Pilot, starring Clark Gable and Spencer Tracy, uh, which is, you know, pretty pretty good, uh, you know, movie about planes and stuff. I do need to capture it, though, because there is a point where Clark Gable walks right up to Spencer Tracy and says, Why can't you be gay like me? It meant something else back then. Uh, moving forward, uh, 75 years ago this week in 1943, nah, not much to talk about. Crash Dive, which is probably also about planes. The Clancy Street Boys, don't care. I'm sure really not racist white savage. Uh, but then moving forward, 50 years ago this week, uh, 1968, we have the debut of Yours, Mine, and Ours, the original one, not the remake one, with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, which is a, a fine little family film, I guess. But uh, the one I'm actually going to recommend is, is the 40th anniversary, April 26th, 1978, making it the anniversary of The Last Waltz, starring the band, directed by Martin Goddamn Scorsese. One of, I would say, top three concert movies ever made. Um, I was sort of... I don't know, I was a little hesitant. I only finally watched this like a year ago. And I like the band well enough. Sure, they're they're cool up on Cripple, up on Cripple Creek. Yeah, it's a fine song. I like them. But it was sort of like, really the best concert ever. And then I watched it, and besides the performances being amazing, Scorsese knows what he's doing. Duh. And he just makes it feel very inviting and like you're there. And just, it's just a lot of fun. So besides the band, we've got the lineup of Eric Clapton, Ringo Starr, Bob Dylan, Ron Wood, Muddy Waters, Neil Young, Neil Diamond, who kills, Van Morrison, who kills even harder, Bobby Charles, Dr. John, Paul Butterfield, who's totally underrespected, Emmylou Harris, Ronnie Hawkins, Joni Mitchell, and the Staple Singers, who also kill. So, yeah, I mean, if you just, just want some good old-fashioned rock and roll type, yeah, absolutely, watch Last Waltz. Lots of fun. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I'm not just wild, I'm trained, domesticated I was raised by a rapper and writer that dated And subsequently procreated That's how it goes, here's the hip-hop-hopotamus The hip-hop-hip-hop They call me the hip-hop-hopotamus My lyrics are bottomless
Sometimes our rhymes are polite, and I think of a denim is right. That was very coming in with hip hopopotamus and a rhymer. Rhymosaurus? Rhymosaurus. Rhymosaurus. Uh, Rhymosaurus. From Fly of the Concords. Uh, from their self-titled album out this week, because the show is not airing yet. No? Yeah. Well, that's why... Because remember, they had that show was amazing. Yes. And it had two great seasons, and they basically said they had to quit, because, like, we, we have done all our songs already. We would have to write... <laughs> I don't know. We just thought that was odd that like the, I, all those songs had, were pre-existing. I didn't really know that. I was a viewer of the show, so they were all yeah. new to me. But it's like, yeah, you're asking us to write not only a show but an album, two <laughs> albums every season. We can't do that. Uh, but I would love to see that show come back. Uh, Fly of the Concords. Uh, but we're actually talking about music, not television. And we have new releases this week. Uh, how do you? I'm not saying this. H N I C. Yeah, part two. Yeah. I guess I can say the acronym yeah. by Prodigy. Um, Prayer of the Common Man by Phil Vassar. Hello, Destiny by Goldfinger. A uh, song for you by Busybone. Uh, Bittersweet World by Ashley Simpson. Agony and Irony by Alkaline Trio. Uh, the Age of Understatement by the Last Shadow Puppets. And the a- and Atmospheres when life uh, gives you lemons. Paint that shit cold. Uh, Bleeding Love. Leona. Leona. Leona Lewis is still number one. That. Yeah, it's bounced back and forth a little bit. I just every time, like especially 2008, there is so much music to get through, mm-hmm. and I don't know shit about music in 2008, honestly. So I weed through based on pretty much like album sales and like how long is their Wikipedia entry, <laughs> <laughs> and but I always end up hitting something that's like I've never heard of this, and it sold no copies, but I love the title so much. I have to put it in. I, I'm bummed. When life gives you lemons, paint that, paint that shit, shit gold. gold. I'm bummed to know there's a Goldfinger album I never heard of, considering yeah. I have been on stage with Goldfinger. Yeah. We, uh, I think you, maybe, maybe, maybe you're listening. Hi, Tyson. We, uh, we drove five, five hours to go see them live, and the show was sold out. Mm. And then we saw them in a Starbucks, and they got <laughs> us. Goldfinger put us on the guest list Aww. at this huge Atlanta show, and it was just a fucking honor. Uh, and I, and I. Wow, I fell off them very fast for a band I liked that much. Uh, You might know them from every Tony Hawk game. Uh, Anyway, um, news 2008. We are in 2008, April 20th through the 26th. Happier times. Uh, It's announced that Jimmy Fallon will take over for Conan when Conan takes over for Jay Leno, and there shouldn't be any strife involving any of it. And that's it's so weird when the dust settled that Jimmy Fallon got everything. (laughs) Uh, So crazy. But moving to the movies of 2008, April 20th through the 26th. Uh, we have the, this movie I've never heard of called Deal mm-hmm. with uh, Brent Harrison, Shannon Elizabeth, and most importantly, Burt Reynolds. And I think this is this in 21, you're seeing like the waning days of that like poker boom. Right. Um, I haven't played a game of cards in 20 years. I lost everything. My wife told me if I quit, she'd stay. What do you have in mind? Million dollar payoffs. I'll cover the buy-ins, split the wins, 50, 50. I don't, I don't know what it is when I see fucking classy shots of someone pulling in chips I'm like mm. ugh I don't, I don't want anything to do with whatever this is <laughs> fucking tired of this shit and I, I played a ton of poker anyway uh, I'm sure we never saw that um, nope. and also like I think we, we just got through an Ewan McGregor movie in our previous episode where he's wrongly accused of murder right and it's gonna yeah. happen again oh no in the movie Deception Ewan what are you doing which also stars Michelle Williams and Hugh Jackman oh good cast though. I think so when you're on the list the rules are simple. No rough stuff and no names. You know, when it's so good, you'd rather die than stop. Sounds like you've been enjoying yourself. Yeah, I met this girl last night and I broke all the rules. So not my life. <laughs> you see here that nerdy, nebbish mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor playing a man caught up in a uh, underground sex cult. <laughs> yeah, but then there's... Oh, maybe he's been set up and maybe there's murder. Right. And it's like, man, for actors of this caliber, the reviews were savage. They're really? Like, they're like, this is so goddamn predictable. <laughs> I knew exactly where this was going right. to end up. Just there, no a, surprises at all. You see Hugh Jackman in the trailer. I'm like, this dude's not good. <laughs> this dude's not good. And he's the star. I wonder what's going to happen. Hmm. Um, but in uh, lighter news, we have two pretty damn good comedies. Right. Um, I guess this is the second of a trilogy. Yes. We have Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> this is bigger than I thought. North Korea and Al-Qaeda working together. We're Americans, man. We love America. Hey, 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 hey. Zip it, Hello Kitty. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I wish it's there were more Harold and Kumar Korean. movies. Uh, starring John Cho and Cal Penn. I really like the Harold and Kumar movies. I yeah. should I should watch them more. Because uh, I love dumb... I love comedy centered around just two dumb people. Like, impossibly mm. dumb people. I I haven't seen this one. I've seen the other two. Yeah, the Christmas the, movie. The bookends of the Harold mm. and Kumar trilogy. It's, and what a weird thing 
Guantanamo Bay, like that's pretty ballsy even, for a comedy. I mean, to even make I, to to do a sequel of Harold and Kumar, I appreciate them not just yeah. doing the same thing again. Right. It's so easy to be like, and now they they really want to go to White Castle again because they're wicked high, and then other stupid shit yeah. happens. So it's like, yeah, let's go nuts. Like, it's, let's sell it as they're going to Am- <laughs> now. What I would have loved though is if they just sold it as. They're going to Amsterdam because that's where the movie starts. Right. And then they immediately get pulled off a plane and sent to Guantanamo. Wow. (laughs) That's, yes, Harold and Kumar, tipping my hat to you. Hey, also a pretty funny movie that I Mm -hmm. I don't think gets enough praise, Uh, Baby Mama. That's pretty funny. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Um, It was uh, written and directed by, what, Michael, I forget his name, but a writer on SNL. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of the first movie I can think of that Lorne Michaels produced that had a ton of SNL people, but wasn't based on any characters, making huh. it weirdly an SNL movie. Because Tina Fey and mm-hmm. Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey can't get pregnant, so she has to rely on a surrogate, who is played by the nutty Amy Poehler. What Kate wanted was a baby. I just don't like your uterus. Your chances of conceiving are very low. What she got... Our surrogate's fee is $100,000. It costs more to have someone born than to have someone killed. Takes longer was a baby mama. When I first thought about Angie carrying someone else's baby, I thought, my wife's got to have sex with someone else's husband to do this? Out of That's going to cost you extra. It's out of the question. <laughs> Kate, I want you to put your baby inside me. I want to put my baby inside you. You got you a baby mama? I got two of them. No, I'm paying her. You pay the bills. She had a baby. That's called a baby mama. What kind of food is this for a pregnant woman? What you eat, the baby eats. What you listen to, the baby listens to. If you listen to DMX, the baby comes out going, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was really fun and it, just a great cast all around. Yeah, That's it's it. it's fun. I I would say it's good, not mm-hmm. great. Well, in my estimation, but mm-hmm. fun. Sigourney Weaver's in the movie. Yeah, and... well, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time at the end. Right? Do I feel like eh, that should have been better? Well, I could have been better. I say, I say, it's come, so much fun. Come for Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Yeah. Stay for Steve Martin with a ponytail because it's wonderful. <laughs> He's like the owner of a Whole Foods chain. Um, anyway. That's Baby's Mom. It's number one at the box office this week. Good on you, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. I'm surprised Yay. you haven't done more together. Uh, TV of 2008, April 20th to the 26th. Oprah's Big Give takes a bow, making mm. one of the weird, one of the small failures. The Harpo Productions. Uh, it was a reality show where 10 contestants traveled the country trying to help people. Um, and okay. Say, yes. Donate to charity. Raise money for charity. I think they were... I can't remember exactly how it works, but they were either, they, there was money to win, but they also had to give away a ton of it as well. Huh. Um, but yes, that that bows. Um, the That's episode, way too positive right. to be a reality show. Right, they like, have to fight. I'll cut your throat to give this to the American Some, Heart Society. Someone's weave's got to get pulled, man. <laughs> That's well, the rule. Thankfully, you do have some of that um, hmm? in here. Yeah, um, Monk. But not this, an episode of Monk, mm-hmm. which Monk is like at the top of the list of shows that I'm pretty sure I'd like if I ever saw an episode, just by how much I love Tony Shalhoub. It's Never fun. Seen an episode. I, I like it. It's, um, it's not something I seek out, but if it's sort of there, mm-hmm. then I watch it and I'm like, yeah, again, I don't feel like I wasted my time. And I was just looking at it and like the episode Monk, Monk Bumps His Head uh, aired <laughs> this week. And I'm like, is this exactly what I think it is? I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. Amnesia. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought it was. Good for you, Monk. Uh, April twenty second. Here you go, Diana. A uh-huh. shot at love. A shot of love. Two. Oh yeah. With Tila Tequila. Yep. It is the number one show on cable. Weaves getting pulled in hot tubs. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if there was much of. It was at, at the time. This show was MTV's most watched show of all time. Oh um, my. You know, was, actually, you know what? In some ways, I I appreciate that because I feel like I feel like a lot of people would hate watch this too. There's right. There's people that would watch this in earnest and then there's people who would watch this because it's the worst thing that ever happened and that's that's before Tila Tequila went full Nazi yeah uh, but this, this is and it was one of the first dating shows that and I tried to clarify this for myself uh, where men and women right. were competing to date the same person Tila right. Tequila she says she's bisexual she did in this se- in this season before they didn't tell the contestants that oh they, they didn't tell them that initially. They, I don't know what auspices they brought them in the house with, but uh, yeah, they weren't told. This season they were because it's kind of hard to hide. You have a high-rated television show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I believe they, she ended up with no one. Oh, with, she chooses Tila. And uh, speaking of... She's got to work on herself and of, her national socialism <laughs> because joining up with racial purists is a good idea <laughs> when you are Vietnamese. <sighs> 
I will never get over how well thought out that plan is. I wish I cared enough to worry about her. I um, but don't. Uh, also, in, in, in similar to Oprah's big give, uh, on Happy Earth Day on April twenty second, Nickelodeon's uh, Big Green Help debuts. Uh, mm-hmm. They even got uh, they even got a game with SpongeBob and Aang from Avatar in there, but a show about recycling and helping the Earth. Yay. Obviously, not built to last. Uh, NBC <laughs> airs on a- April twenty second. The best of Chris Farley in primetime. I don't oh. know. Yeah, I, I think in this period, we are seeing the blast radius of the writer's strike. So I think yes. there's nothing there because all these weeks are like two hour long SNL clip shows mm. um, on NBC. That's exactly it. You're right. Yep. Uh, another reality show, Pussycat Dolls Presents, concludes. Um, what did they present? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was a reality show to be yes. in the Pussycat Dolls. Um, oh, you know, I think it might have been. And... Um, I'd only mention this because uh, America's Most Wanted aired an episode called Baby Killer. And I'm like, I wonder what that's about. Uh, Up against Baby Mama. Oh, it's the worst sequel ever. Oh, my God. Uh, Tina Fey, what are you doing? Well, Tina Fey, what she is doing, having a great week. Oh. She's on a really good episode of 30 Rock called hey. Secession, where uh, Jack Donaghy wants to give her uh, his job. Groom her. Uh-huh. Lemon, where do you see yourself in five years? Realistically, um... Teaching improv on cruise ships. Lemon, I'm promoting you to head of East Coast television and microwave oven programming. What? When did you get microwaves back? You're going to be my successor. No, 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 I'm not an executive. Executives are like, oh, and I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm a creative person. Sure, there are times when my job is frustrating, like when Lutz calls in sick with March Madness, but I mostly love it. This is the starting salary. (laughs) <laughs> Suck it, monkeys! I'm going corporate! <laughs> I've always wanted to say that line, but sadly I never had the opportunity to go yeah. corporate. Um, no, no one wants to pay me to sell out. I've tried. Yeah. No. I would love to. How much? No, that's... Uh, yeah. And speaking of selling out, this is not a good segue. Okay. Um, really good games this yeah? week. Yeah. Tur- the first and last Turok reboot. Oh, uh, Turok okay. the Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, okay. the, uh, big budget. I visited that studio and I forgot what they're called, but they were in Vancouver. Um, Valkyria Chronicles debuts. Uh, another really I've good heard game. of this. Right. I think they had a re-release somewhat recently. And a really good uh, game for the Nintendo DS. A, a brand new Square RPG called The World Ends With You. Very, very good. It's one of the few things that like we all felt it was successful, but mm-hmm. there's been no follow-up, no sequel, no port. But I think there's one coming to Switch. But World Ends With You is a very charming game, and I would talk about it longer if not for the release of Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine, Diana, you have some personal relationship with the game just because your husband is like batshit crazy over games like this. Oh, yeah. I flew he, to New York with him to preview him. this game. Um, Michael I, Parts. I always forget if it was four or five. I think it's five where they, they just put him in a hotel with no, a it was copy four. of the game. Oh, it was four. It was, it was four. four. I remember that because, yeah. I, I the game my... can't leave the room. You can stay as long as you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, my husband disappeared <laughs> for mm-hmm. like a week. I would occasionally hear from him like, no, I'm doing okay. Oh, what did you do today? Well, I played the game. I got to play the game. I got to play all of the games so I can it review once, it. And it's and, bi- it's a huge fucking game. Yeah. And I just like, I finally like went over to this hotel that they put him in to visit him. It's like, he can't take it home. Right. You know, that's no, we need to know where it is at all times. So they put him in this hotel uh, and I like visit him and it's like, the place is immaculate, mm-hmm. except for like the couch and the TV area, <laughs> which is clearly where he has been living for like 16 hours a day. Because he's like, well, I feel bad that they're putting me here. So I want to get through it as fast as I can. But I also, I got to do everything. And this guy keeps calling me and wanting to go bowling. And I'm like, okay, I got to go go bowling <laughs> with this guy. Yeah. It, so, it's, and it oh, man. A really, really great. It's kind of one it, of my favorites. It's, it's the first real Grand Theft Auto since 2001's. Grand Theft Auto 3, after right. that, you got some, like, not expansions, but, like, they sort of built on the same engine. And this was, like, mm-hmm. altogether new. It was very expensive, and I believe it went on to shatter every entertainment record imaginable. It yeah. is It would it outsold Harry Potter books. It outgrossed movies. I think it made a billion dollars the fat, like in within a week. So, like, Grand Theft Auto 4 was just immense, and it was a really fun time to be in the games industry and excited about this, even though Rockstar can be kind of quickly to work with um i will say i'm disappointed in your husband Mm -hmm. because i wanted to play a bit from the trailer because it was one of those moments where we're like we're kind of in a pre-youtube world Uh and so i'm working at a game site and we have a video section every game company sends us 
videos, mm -hmm. their trailers to put up because right. people are watching their videos there. There's no real YouTube. Rockstar debuts this trailer on their own site. It craters. And they had to like, you know that video we told you not to publish yet? Please publish it. Like people can't <laughs> see our trailer on our site. And again, there's no YouTube. It's just all these it, like quick time. I think there was YouTube, there was YouTube, but they weren't using it. They weren't using it. It right. was like this. It was, I think it, the perception it was still pirates and thieves on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. You want your proprietary stuff that you control. Right. I remember that Rockstar had to like reach out to us to like, Jesus, go ahead, flip it live. I know we told you to wait, but like no one, our website is down and we can't get it back up. Oh my God. Uh, it broke the internet. Literally oh, wow. broke the internet, uh, this this trailer. Um, and Michael didn't, a film fan like you will get the reference immediately. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite trailers ever. I want to see, I don't know if you can hear the music here, but this is the protagonist, Nico Bellic, an immigrant trying to make his way in Liberty City, the New York City-esque uh, land of Grand Theft Auto 4. Life is complicated. I killed people. Smuggled people, sold people. Perhaps here, things will be different. It's a brilliant teaser, mm. but the the beginning of the, the thing, I was the only one in an office full of nerds who got the reference. Wait, wait, before it even starts, mm. I'm going to guess. What? Does it start with something like, I believe in America? No, no. An immensely uh, classy move by Rockstar making a Kayona Scotsy reference in its teaser class music. Yes, and it's the actual music, and it's they do it in game in Liberty City. So if uh, you were a fan of Kayona Scotsy, I was losing my mind, and, <laughs> and no one in the office got it that that it was from Kayona Scotsy. Oh, uh, you see the way he was talking at the end of that, mm -hmm. I really thought that we were going Godfather. That I believe in America. No, I think that, I I try to do the right thing. Well, that's why I. Uh, applaud Nico Bellic as a protagonist because they kind of broke from this like I want to be a master criminal like mm. no it's a it's an immigrant who's down on his luck trying to make a better life for himself and he it doesn't really make sense because it's a Grand Theft Auto game I'm gonna go straight and clean mm. yeah right sure. then I'm not buying this game <laughs> uh, but it, yeah it's all about working uh, three jobs <laughs> at minimum wage that's right get 401k while working at Chick-fil-a hey oh no it looks like you have a sinus infection <laughs> there goes all your money at urgent care oh my god uh, but that's Grand Theft Auto, one of the biggest things ever. Wow. Odds are, touched you in some way. Ten years. I'm just throwing out the special edition uh, version that I pre-ordered right now. No. Um, totally. But that is it for 302010, folks. Uh, we've talked about all we can talk about. Leave a comment at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. Tell a friend about the show or something. Uh, and then support our other shows. Laser Time, the weekly pop culture show. And uh, Video Game Apocalypse, our weekly video game show starring Mr. Diana Goodman, yeah. Michael Raparez. You can talk all about it. Mm -hmm. We can ask him about yeah how 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 many hours did you stay up straight doing that because <laughs> I mean, how many hours did you stay up straight doing it now? Oh, actually, I think it was no, it was Grand Theft Auto three right when that came out. Is it just because like it's gonna take us forever to get to it? Mm -hmm. I can just tell you the story that I would just sit and watch him play it, mm -hmm. but just because I enjoyed the radio so much, right? And so he like went out of town and left me his PlayStation, and I would just turn it on and listen to it. <laughs> So like on my TV is just a parked car, just, <laughs> and uh, I would just just listen to the talk radio station because it was so fucking funny. My old, uh, did I did I need to describe what Grand Theft Auto is? Open I world? Don't think. Yeah, okay, good. it's an open world. You can drive around. You can take whatever car you want. You can punch people if you feel like it. Ah. you're given a bunch of missions, and it's the first version with multiplayer. I remember we had a ton ah. of fun with it at first because like oh you you can actually have a race through mm -hmm. midtown Manhattan, but I can get out and like drive a bus in to make everybody crash <laughs> into me. And they had a cops and robbers thing where like four mm -hmm. people are cops, four people are robbers. You try and get away with something. It didn't take, but now Grand Theft Auto Online for five is like the biggest thing in the universe. Um, but yes, Grand Theft Auto, we love you. Um, any other plugs? Lucina Nerd on Twitter? Lucina Hit up Nerd Diana. on Twitter. Cantista on Twitter, if you care to, to leave me a nice message. As always, we have to close out with a little b -b -b birthday. Oh, birthday is a doodly do. And we're going straight into birthday because I couldn't find no famous deaths. No famous deaths. That was nice. So we get a two for this week. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I got, I kind of didn't want to do the quiz because it's just Chris. Uh -huh. But I realized, okay, people at home like trying right. to guess too. So this one is great. We have two people, two men, I should say, mm -hmm. born the exact same day, exact same year. Okay. We got perfect birthday buddies. They are turning 41. Uh, one of them born, well, both are born April 23rd, 1977. Mm -hmm. The first one is born in Birmingham, England. 
He's a member of the Cambridge Footlights, along with uh, Richard Aodi and David Mitchell. Uh, he appeared on the British news quiz Mock the Week. I've Vis- not recognized anything yet. Keep going. Uh, visited America for the first time in 2006 to interview for a job at The Daily Show. Seven- John Oliver? John Oliver! Yeah! I didn't even get to the book about the gay bunny. <laughs> Marlon okay. Bundo. Marlon Wonderful. Bundo. Okay, now, someone who is the exact same age. Mm-hmm. Same birth date. Again, April 23rd, 1977, in West Newbury, Mass. Uh, he attended Cushing Academy Prep School, which alumni include Betty Davis and the King of Bhutan. Uh, he played college football for Springfield College. And Ooh. after that, I will just start reading from Wikipedia. He started his professional wrestling career in 1999 with Ultimate Pro Wrestling and won the UPW Heavyweight oh Championship the following year. He signed a development deal with WWF in 2001, debuting on the WWE main roster in 2002. From a generic character in 2002, he morphed into a rapper for a short time. Short John, time. Cena. John Cena! John Cena! Yeah! Professor Th- Thugonomics, yes. Yeah, John Cena and John Oliver... <laughs> exact same birthday. That is a buddy cop movie we all need yes! to see. Yes. Uh, tell a friend in Hollywood, make it happen. Uh, give me an associate producer credit. But we're going to close out 302010 with Flight of the Concords, Ladies of the World. Tune in next week, folks. We're coming into May. Just want to do something special for all the ladies in the world. Just want to do something special for all the ladies in the world. And the girls, but don't forget them. Caribbean, lady. Parisian, lady. Bolivia, lady. Namibian, lady. Eastern Oceanian, lady. Republic of Dominican.